I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. everybody. Welcome to Marriage Martinis. This is Danielle and I am doing my first solo episode since the body image episode, which was like two and a half years ago. So um, thank you so much for being here. Um, I guess I'm, I'm considering it kind of a birthday episode. Uh, we usually do an episode, the two of us, because Adam and I are a few months apart but, you know, the same year. Um, so we usually do like a joint birthday episode, but I kind of felt inclined to do one myself right now, um, which he was super fine with because he's been so busy and exhausted that um, I think he was almost relieved to have a little time off. Um, and I guess, uh, I guess podcasting for me, I guess if I'm going to compare it to something like solo podcasting for me, is a little bit like masturbating because um, I love doing it with a partner, but sometimes you've just got to take care of shit yourself. It's just like more efficient and you could do it however you want. So this is me uh, about what I want to talk about being more efficient and doing it however I want. And don't pretend that you uh, didn't know what you were getting yourself into when you turned on this episode. The title is literally letting my freak flag fly um, and there are no refunds. So just buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy one. Um, so welcome to the freak show. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess the reason really that I wanted to do this episode is because for the past few weeks I've been planning a workshop um, with a good friend who you've heard on the podcast before uh, and I'm so excited about it and um, I'll tell you about it more in a couple weeks but through some of the research that I've done even even in the past couple of weeks and thinking about my own life and um, talking very, very openly and honestly in a different way that I kind of have before with a few women who I really respect and like am so enamored with um, and they live their lives so unapologetically that it's just inspiring to me. Um, and, and so I've had some revelations about myself, but also I think that in many ways that a lot of you are going to be able to relate. And and that's why I wanted to do this episode, right? And, and I can only come at it from my own experiences because that's what I know. But the concepts, I hope, that you will apply to your own life and how each one of you can start taking steps to hopefully live with a little more permission and 
let your freak flag fly because um, honestly, it just feels good. So um, I, I, I know that, don't get me wrong, I've lived a life of privilege with a lot of opportunities, so much support, encouragement, love, but I also in some ways have felt like I've had to adhere to so many implied rules and conform to a certain lifestyle. And there have been all these restrictions and roadblocks in place. Like at times, just the blinders placed on me that kept me looking straight ahead on the given path and kept me from seeing and deviating, you know, to like peek around at the periphery. So I wouldn't know that there were these other less conventional, less acceptable more obscure options in life that existed, right? And in, in, in whatever way you think about it, career-wise or um, you know, sexuality or all the ways. And I don't. It wasn't on purpose, and it wasn't to. It it wasn't to be, um, you know, mean or evil or. or I, I don't blame my parents or the people in my life. This is just what happens. Um, this is just, you know, what what we do, how we live within these confines. And we just are supposed to get comfortable with it and not peek around the corner and not take the blinders off and see and recognize and um, want all of the things that we're not supposed to want and supposed to have. And sometimes you know that path is is so limited like I've often felt like none of the options felt suitable for me I remember in college studying and I loved college so much and I loved what I studied and I loved being in New York City and everything but all four years I remember being like there is no career where I feel I fit and obviously there were careers where I would have fit and I was in one of the most progressive cities in the world and I still didn't know or didn't know that I could have those careers, right? I didn't, I didn't know that there were careers that existed um, where I could be successful and thrive, but that weren't, that weren't, um, you know, the, the commonplace careers, and that I wouldn't have been embarrassed, or my maybe my family wouldn't have been embarrassed for me to pursue. And obviously, we're talking, you know, 25 years ago, a little less, but 25 years ago, and I know things are different now and getting different, but we're not there yet. And, um, you know, and I think that that hopefully with every every time we don't conform and every time we don't restrict and every time we give ourselves permission we are helping to get to that place of yes you can take the blinders off you can see the other parts of life that exist and you can experience them and indulge in them um and I always say vulnerability is contagious, but I also believe that permission is contagious and it's a domino effect. And it is something that you, it is a gift you are giving someone else by giving permission to yourself because then they feel like maybe they should have some permission to do whatever the thing is that they want to do, but they feel confined or limited or shame or whatever it is that's holding them back. So I know there's a lot of you who, um, from the time you were little, 
just like me. Maybe some of you won't relate to this. I bet a lot of you will. You know, there were a lot of indicators that maybe you weren't and I wasn't doing such a great job being like subtle, understated, refined. And that happened when we were moved into the hallway or the corner during class for being a disruptor. Um, or, you know, whose friends, parents thought we were bad influences because we showed them an R-rated movie or a Playboy magazine. Or we didn't get a turn to be star student in third grade because you looked up the word prostitute in the classroom dictionary and read the definition to everyone when you thought the teacher was out of the room. She was not. Um, all right, that, that last one maybe just happened to me. But you get my point, right? We shook shit up. Um we were put back in line real fast over and over and over and over again, all our lives, you know, um, middle school, high school, college, or whatever you did after high school. We get the same, we, we get the same, um, what's the word, the same signals, right? The same signals over and over again in, in, in overt and maybe less overt ways, but called out for dressing too provocatively, promiscuous, called a nymphomaniac if we made out or slept with too many people, pushy or bossy if we asked too much for what we wanted, ungrateful if we complain about motherhood, oversexed if we talk about or admit wanting more sex too openly or explicitly. I could do this all day and go on and on. And then we hear throughout our lives at the same time, just be yourself. <laughs> and um, I know the intentions behind this are so good and well-meaning. And I say it all the time to people. And it comes from such a good place, right? Of course, I want everybody to feel like they can be themselves. And um, and I think the people in my life and I think our listeners and our community and everything really, when I say it, I don't think they think it's bullshit. I think they think I really do want them to be themselves. And, um, and I think most people who say it do. But but there's a limit to that, right? Because we haven't set up a society in which you're actually allowed to be yourself. You have to be yourself within the confines and expectations of society. So, you know, in a way that won't impede on other people's level of comfort or turn you into a social pariah. And I, I think that for so many of us, we create a layer of atmosphere around us in which people can feel like the truest, most authentic, ver authentic version of themselves. But it's also, it's also never going to happen where we feel like we are the truest and most authentic versions of ourselves because we won't ever be able to experience all the things that we want to experience. Um, and it's, you know, it's like that brilliant, poignant, yet infuriatingly accurate monologue America Ferreira gives in the Barbie movie concerning all the mixed messaging and the double standards of being a woman. I mean, it, that she just said it so perfectly, I, I can't say it any better. But each of us has ways that we can think of that we will really never truly find out who we are because society doesn't actually want or allow for that. And as I get older, I know I've created a village of people, you know, small village, and it kind of gets smaller and smaller every year, who truly want me to be myself. And I am at this moment first learning what it means to be the truest, most honest, most honest version of myself. And, um, and I've also never pretended to be 
the good girl or the girl next door. I've always sort of lived on the edge of societal norms, especially in suburbia where I grew up and where I've lived, you know, most of my life uh, with, you know, with the exception of traveling or living in this New York City or, um, and, you know, I've always, as you know, from listening to the podcast, I've always spoken very explicitly, both, you know, in language and in content. Um, always and you know and and I've always had to tone it down and probably would have made a lot of people much happier if I toned it down even more Um, and and I've I've been extremely open about sex and made it no secret that it's important part of my life and my identity and I've always also admitted that I love to party and have a good time and not just like the bar mitzvah and wedding guest type way but you know like the 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 way as a mom that would maybe seem irresponsible, you know, the staying up too late, doing some quote unquote questionable things, although I don't know why they're considered questionable um, as a middle aged woman, you know, followed by like Domino's or McDonald's at 1 a.m. And actually, one of the reasons why I married Adam was because he was a bad boy when he was in high school. And we've spoken about this so much, so I don't want to get into it too much, but I I knew he would give me an element of wild um, and, uh, you know, and um, living kind of that that edgy lifestyle uh, while still being able to do all the things we were supposed to do and and, you know, and and be the partner who our our, our parents wanted us to marry Um you know, in, in, in all the technical ways. Um, and, and so I, I think that, that marrying him allow, has allowed me to explore aspects of myself in ways that I think having other partners wouldn't have. But, you know, still never for a second did I consider that I didn't need to get married or that I could live a life of non-monogamy or work in the sex industry or explore facets of myself that to this day I'm angry and disappointed that I'll never feel like I can indulge in. And I love being married to Adam and I actually love it now more than ever before. Um, you know, he's my person and I, I truly love him and we have this amazing partnership and, and you know, and chemistry and connection and fun and all the things but I still just wish we were all given more encouragement and freedom to experience all the things um and since I was little or you know young enough that I can remember I've always sort of felt like a freak and again I you know maybe the euphemism is everyone says don't don't use that word about yourself freak but you know the euphemism is unique or um, different or, you know, uh, you know, uh, out of the box or whatever you want to say the euphemism is. But I felt like a freak. Um, it's how I felt. And, and now I think I would be, it, you know, as, as the woman I am right now, I would be less inclined to call myself a freak uh, and more inclined to describe myself as, you know, unique or bold or rare or badass or whatever but also I kind of like the word freak now and I'm kind of embracing it and digging it and um and I I like the fact that um that 
it allows even the term in itself allows you some permission to um you know to to be a little out there and uh a little less in line with what everyone else is doing and I like that so I could never understand why I was always living this like hypersensitized, overstimulated version of what it meant to be a normal person in society. And I've always had to bottle up parts of myself in the strictest way possible. And and I I I if I walked around saying what I truly wanted to and doing what I what I wanted to and that felt natural, it would be a disaster. Not because I'm dangerous or mean or unhinged or anything, but because I'm too much and I don't fit neatly within the confines of societal norms, right? I want all the experiences. I don't want to pick a love language. I want all the love languages. I don't want to talk in euphemism and cliches. I don't want to adhere to physical boundaries with, you know, my friends and the people I'm closest to and really love because there's some imaginary line of how affectionate friendships are supposed to allow to be, you know, before it gets weird. And I don't want to tell the women in my life that they look pretty when really my natural response for me, you know, as as a friend would be something much, much more indecent and obscene because I want my friends to get the truest version of me and and I want them to get the me who in the alternate universe where society doesn't give a shit about how you choose to express yourself or to manifest your love and adoration. Um, That's the version that I'm trying so hard more and more to give. And that is the truest me. Um, So no, society has no interest and no place for me to actually be the complete version of myself. And I would imagine that many of you feel like that too, even if not for the exact same reasons and in the exact same ways that I do. Um, But I guess it makes you think if you didn't have all these limitations and expectations, if you didn't have to tone it down or choose one of whatever the given choices are, what would your life truly look like? And some of us, you know, so many of us will never know. And it's frustrating And I want and am determined to spend the rest of my days and years living as close to 100% of who I actually am and want to be for as much of the time as possible. And I need to continue to curate all the facets of my life so that I'm living as the most raw, stripped-down version of myself in as many scenarios as possible. So we need to take a break now, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And I do have a certain amount of permission to be myself from the gift of having the podcast. We've carved out this space where we can most, you know, say most of what we want and people are oftentimes shocked because who the fuck reveals what we've revealed. But guess what? 
in this space that Adam and I have created with all of your support, acceptance and encouragement and the people who love us, you know, most of them have been so encouraging and amazing. I can be a freak in the best way possible um, because we've given ourselves, Adam and I, permission to do that. And we took the risk to give ourselves permission to do that. It was a risk, a big risk. And that has absolutely led me to doing and saying more of what I want out in the world. Because once you're allowed to be the truest version of yourself, you want to feel that freedom as much as possible. And because once you've been brave enough to expose a part of yourself that you've been hiding away, you know, to whatever degree for so long, you realize a few things. You realize that, number one, people for the most part are far more accepting and cool than we usually give them credit for. Definitely not all people, but many of them and enough of them and and if you curate whatever the space is where you can be yourself, you're probably going to be attracted to or attract the right kind of people for that. And that's sort of what naturally happened with the podcast. And it's obviously been such a gift. Uh, two, another thing that you realize is um, you finally weed out the assholes who aren't accepting and cool. And um, who have obviously been uh, accepting you in your life for, you know, whatever reasons, but aren't willing to accept you for who you really want to be. And that is a gift in and of itself. Um, And you're inevitably just going to be left with people who you want around and feel most comfortable with anyway. Uh, The third reason is that it's really, really healing and invigorating to do what the fuck you want. And it invigorates others to do the same. And four, you figure out, as my wise friend and great philosopher, Jamila from Good Moms, Bad Choices, so eloquently and perfectly said, you just all need to finally admit that the rules are fucking fake. They're stupid ass bullshit. And... I couldn't agree with her more. I challenge you to go about your day, to be observant in your life, your job, your role, your family, whatever rules are imposed just to keep you from from getting too wild, right? From from letting out your, your inner wild, from making people uncomfortable, And to keep us from owning what we are, which is erotic, sensual, powerful forces of fucking nature. So I'm breaking the rules. I've been restricting myself less and less. And I'm also letting my freak flag fly higher where many more people can see it. And this mindset and way of life has been a beautiful, necessary, rightful bridge and gateway to so much more pleasure, sensation, fulfillment, and personal ownership. I'm designing my rules based on my needs and desires rather than the arbitrary stupid-ass bullshit rules forcing me to fit some mold. And the more I do it, the more comfortable with it I become and the more I realize how long I really did, I really did shrink myself. And many of you have listened to the um, the podcast, the body image episode. And if you haven't, um, I did that solo episode from June 2022. 
uh, followed by two episodes with Adam, you know, that, that we did about body image following it up. Um, that was a year and a half ago. So, you know, we really do need to update it because we've come so far even from this and even from that time. And I, I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that I committed to not restricting myself anymore. And when I put that episode out, I had just kind of started. Um, and, and, and now it is, it, it, it really is such a shift in mindset and a shift in everything. Um, and look, it's been a journey and it continues to be a journey. And the way I have not only accepted, but actually love the realness of my body now, the womanliness and the curves, you know, there are aspects of myself I'm still working on owning and embracing, of course. But I now exist in a steady, assured state in which like the internal battle of whether I'm going to eat something or I'm going to try to shrink myself or try a new diet. I, that no longer exists, that struggle. I'm no longer keeping clothes in my closet that don't fit. I'm no longer buying clothes because I don't like the size I have to get. I wear what I want and accentuate the areas that I want to accentuate. I am going to live and living more presently and wholly in my body as it is right now. And do you know how much energy and time a person is gifted when they take that perpetual conflict off the agenda? It has taken time, but so much transformation has occurred. I've stopped perceiving my body as like this object and more as an open pathway. And that doesn't mean I don't care how I look or I don't want to be wanted or admired. But I do make it quite evident to everybody in my life that this is me. And um, and that doesn't mean that I won't ever make the decision to do something to my physical appearance, right? I don't want to never say never. Like nothing it's that's it's not a you know that's not what this is but but if I do I'll know and those around me will know that I absolutely unequivocally did it for me and no one else um and it will be at a time when I'm so comfortable with myself that the choices I make won't send me backwards um with all of my progress and self-acceptance and I am not there yet and I'm not ready to make any of the decisions yet but something shifts when you take ownership of your body in its present state. Your aura and your vibe exude a different confidence. You know, like it's like um, like a, some of us have that shit you can't teach kind of confidence. And that supersedes size, shape, firmness, all of it. Your personal idea of what sexy is shifts. Other people's concept of what sexy is shifts. Your idea of beauty expands and you start feeling an attraction towards and a chemistry with people on an elevated, genuine level. And you also start to really notice who in your life most strongly reinforces your sense of confidence and naturally makes you feel beautiful, sexy, and empowered. You start to crave and create more opportunities to make the people around you feel more beautiful and sexy. And for all the reasons and in all the ways that they may not have heard it or felt it before because you're noticing traits and attributes that are often overlooked and ignored. I look at people so differently now and, um, and beauty so differently now. And um, I've, <laughs> I've said this 
so for so long, but I love food. Uh, I've always said that I'm average in just about everything in life, and I rock being average pretty well. But I think that my taste buds are uber heightened, and I should be like some kind of a scientific study. And now I order what I want. I savor and moan and make noises when I'm eating. I I I love delicious meals and and I'm now eating them in the way I, I think they're meant to be experienced. Uh, I don't give a fuck if the other person orders a salad. I'm ordering the lobster mac and cheese and I'm not fucking sharing. And another way I wanted to talk about with restriction um, and everything. And this is sort of more what the workshop is going to be about. So I don't want to go too far into it. And the workshop will cover way more and go way deeper. Um, But sex and intimacy. And uh, I did an Instagram story last night asking people about stuff that they'd want to try. And, you know, in what ways are you feeling limited in your life? And how do you feel um, boxed in or, or, you know, restricted? And I mean... As you can imagine, so many of the answers were about sex and, um, you know, and monogamy and and all of that. And, you know, I, I expect it. And I think that it's something that we all sort of will always struggle with on some level, um, no matter if we're, you know, single in a monogamous long-term relationship, in a non-monogamous relationship, monogamish, whatever the, sta- the state of your um, you know, of your um, relationship or or whatever, you know, your stage you're at. I think it's always going to be a struggle. But I'm about to be 46 uh, next week. And I am officially having the best sex of my life. And I probably should have said this before, but if anybody is listening to this in my family or anything, this is probably the time to skip. <laughs> um, and I'm with the same per- partner that I've had for 20 years I'm in a bigger, softer body, uh, and sex is one area that I've never really had trouble embracing, like my inner freak, but I wasn't giving myself permission in many ways. I wasn't giving myself permission to say all the real truthful things and get what I really wanted. And if you haven't listened to the Awakening the Sex Talk Demons episode, oof, I don't even know when it was from, maybe August. 2023 this year wasn't that long ago a couple months ago um you you'll see that I (laughs) that was the first time that I really really opened up and it was kind of a shit show and since then um it has I, I just thank god I did it and it was so hard and it made me realize so much why so many of us don't talk to our partners about that stuff but holy shit thank god I did it um and not to say that we didn't always have a a great sex life because a lot of the times we have, and sometimes we haven't, right. Depending on the state of our relationship. But I, I knew that, that it could be even so much better. You know, I knew that with our connection and our chemistry and the way that we're both so open, you know, all of that, I just knew that there was so much more and obviously more within the confines of, we're in a monogamous relationship and everything. And, you know, there are certain limitations that we feel personally because we, we do worry about, you know, what the, um, what the, what's the word, the ramifications would be of whatever choices, you know, we made that 
went outside the confines of monogamy. But but for now, I think that that I I didn't feel permission to tell my partner that he needs to know the truth of whether or not I'm satisfied. And I don't want to sac- sacrifice my my pleasure or maximum pleasure to protect his ego. And the average woman, which most people do not know, um, takes at least, at least, at least, this is the bottom number, 20 minutes to climax. At least. Faking orgasms because it feels like some kind of failure and like we didn't climax within the time constraint before we're a burden is off the table forever feeling like I'm satisfied enough rather than feeling completely satisfied is off the table not communicating with my partner because he's uncomfortable or doesn't understand my needs is off the table and obviously all of that takes work and it's incremental and and it's not easy but it is worth it and we deserve it and you get one fucking life and and i just want people to get as close to that level of you know pleasure and fulfillment and um all of the things that we can possibly get to before before you know we can't <laughs> So I think that I think that the conversations and everything, as hard as they are, are worth it. Um, and I was in the when I was in the best shape of my life, and I had reached my you know quote unquote goal weight, which was you know I mean for a long time I was in the best shape of my life. I did not even feel remotely as sexy or open or connected to myself or to Adam as I do now. And that's because with this permission and getting to be the truest version of myself sexually and sensually comes more confidence. And with confidence comes the ability to be touched and admired in all the ways and for all the parts of your body that, you know, you used to hide. And once you eliminate time restraints and you and your partner embrace and prioritize mutual satisfaction, I can't even begin to tell you the ways you can experience pleasure. Well, I can, but I'll save it for the workshop. And the last thing I want to talk about is the permission to reframe the narratives that we're supposed to be, that we're supposed to be buying into, that we can achieve, that we're supposed to feel like we've somehow failed or we're broken. Um, And we're going to talk about that after we take a break. So another way I've been really giving myself a lot of permission is to meet myself where I'm at um, in the sense of I know myself. Uh, I'm very open about my quote-unquote issues. Um, I, I, I can't choose happy. I can't think happy. Uh, it's not in the cards for me. Um, I know that sounds terrible, I I have a very blessed, fulfilling, you know, life with amazing people and wonderful children and a great family and all the things. 
but I cannot, uh, I cannot choose to exist in a. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details world of happiness you know in a state of happiness um this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow it just won't happen for me because you know I have a mental illness full stop I have had times in my life in which I couldn't get out of bed for weeks months even uh, that I cut myself off from the world because I couldn't choose happy or think happy I was petrified of how I would be perceived uh, and the adjectives people would use to describe me and I know so many of you know what I'm talking about um, whether it's mental illness or trauma that you're trying to overcome or um, heartbreak or you know whatever it is right life is life um, and and other people will never understand what it is to exist in you know a world in which like happiness uh you know can't be the destination or the goal but i <laughs> i just don't i i don't think that um that when you have a mental illness you you know should be having to chase after this concept or idea that um is not great. And by the way, I've started calling my mental illness spicy brain because it just sounds much more awesome than mentally ill. <laughs> um, and OCD is a battle for me every day. I used to look at it as something that limited me. And at times it has in ways it has probably 10 times a day. It does for a second or two. Um, but, you know, I've put so much work and time and everything into getting better that it it's much much less um but also it has caused me to appreciate the tiny moments and the small accomplishments throughout even my most mundane days it's connected me with some of the most empathetic humans and the people who I seek out in the world now are the people who I know I can be honest with and will not tell me that I need to just choose happy. Um, and I know people are well-meaning by that. I know there's no, you know, maliciousness or bad intentions behind that. You know, it's just, it's just a, a, a tough thing to hear over and over again, you know, and you think everybody else is able to just like choose happy and why can't I? So, it's helped me to understand and appreciate the collective human experience with a more open heart. And all those things uh, are magnificent and make me so grateful for what it has led to. Even if I'm not grateful for the OCD, I am grateful for 
where it has led me in so many aspects of life. But I'm done buying into happiness. And, you know, people always, what's the, what's the question about marriage, right? Is your, are you in a happy marriage? I, I don't fucking know. I'm in a complicated, passionate, fun, challenging, fulfilling, unfulfilling, multifaceted, messy, accepting marriage. I have no idea what it means to have a happy marriage. And honestly, I think it sounds really fucking boring. But you know what I do believe in deeply? I believe in pleasure and I believe in joy. I want to find pleasure and help others seek out and experience pleasure in all the ways. I'm not just talking sexual. I'm not just talking food. But but all the sensations, right, are are. Our bodies are amazing, amazing things. Um, and even through the five senses and everything, we're so limited in so many ways and we limit ourselves in so many ways from that ultimate experience. Um, and, and I want to, you know, to find pleasure and help others seek it out with as little inhibition and as much openness as possible. I want to bask in the joyful moments and create moments of joy for the people I love in as many expected and unexpected ways as possible. I want to find so many ways to give the people in my life experiences and pleasure and joy and make them feel so much permission to do all the things that they have zero shame in any of it. Because let's face it, one of our greatest restrictors is shame. And I want to pass along as much permission for each of you to find as much pleasure and joy with as little restriction, uh, shame, and ambivalence as possible. I want to be open and raw and brazen and unapologetic and I want to make it weird, whatever the it is, every damn situation. I want to hug until it feels a little weird. I want to be generous with people until it feels a little weird. I want to let people know I'm thinking of them and express my feelings so honestly and so often that they think it's a little fucking weird. I want to tell my kids again and again and again that they have my permission to have all the experiences to express themselves freely, to love however and whomever the fuck they want until it gets weird. And actually, they will think it's weird every time because they think everything I say is weird. But good. Think I'm weird. Everyone can think I'm weird. A freak. Bizarre, overindulgent, oversexed, inappropriate, dirty, impure, raunchy. It hurts no one to be these things. Not once have I probably said anything in this episode where the rules have to do with keeping someone from getting hurt or being mean or, I mean, it is... It's crazy to me that we have so many rules just for the sake of having rules and just for the sake of keeping us in line as much as possible. Um, But the rules are fucking fake. But the permission to say fuck it and make your own rules, that's real. I am letting my freak flag fly a little higher each day. I hope you will too. Um, I definitely want to keep talking about this and, you know, 
uh, I think that the more we talk about it, the more open to the concept we become. And once you have experienced the, you know, leading a life of less restriction and everything, it, it's, it's kind of, um, uh, what's the word? It's, you know, it, it's something that you don't want to stop doing because everything just feels more, uh, <laughs> The sensations, everything is better. Um, and, you know, I, I think that as I get older, I realize this more. And, of course, you know, one of the greatest things about getting older as a woman is that you just become wiser and better, and um, in my opinion, and, uh, you know, cooler and um, all the things. So I think that now is the time for all of us to start giving ourselves a little bit more permission and figuring out even tiny ways you can start to do that. What tiny little rules in your day, you know, not laws, <laughs> rules, arbitrary rules. Can you start to sort of think, why are these in place? What, what are they in place for? And, and then maybe think about what they're keeping you from experiencing that you could be experiencing. Um, and uh, I don't know. I am here to support everybody and to, you know, sort of say, I did it. I, I'm doing it. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of maybe one of the uh, one of the test runs and um, it's good. It feels good. So um, anyway, thank you so much for listening um, since it is almost my birthday. I'm going to ask everybody as my gift to go to Apple or Spotify if you enjoyed this episode or have enjoyed another episode recently to rate and review. Uh, and um, if you, you know, if you haven't listened to the body image episodes or the um, the uh, Awakening the Sex Talk Demons or the Pivot episodes or any of the other ones that sort of I think you'll relate to uh, if you liked this one, then please go do that. And thank you so much. I'll be back next week with Adam and um, we'll be ready to podcast together. Thanks, guys. You have a great week. Bye.